This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Thank you so very much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. I must let you know. We are a global audience of musical appreciators and that you are listening to conversations, my contribution, if you like, to the global hard rock, heavy metal, and even beyond the community of musical appreciators. You know, that certainly does mean something. And on that note, somebody who does mean something to a lot of people is Udo Dirk Schneider. He's a fella, another one, that I never thought it possible to have a chat with, yet here we are. You're on the eve of listening to a conversation between myself and the great man. He's a German legend, a German legend of heavy metal. If you don't know, he was in the group Except. who are still going strong, it's fair to say, these days. And he does talk a little bit about his... Uh, his relationship or non-relationship probably more to the point with key members of that group but uh, go back and check out metal heart balls to the wall restless and wild but they're not actually the reason the catalyst for this conversation the catalyst is owed to my way released via atomic fire it is udo dirk schneider's solo album so he does projects under the Udo name. I think he's even done stuff under the Dirk Schneider name, but I don't know whether he's done shit under the Udo Dirk Schneider moniker before. Yet here we are. My Way, it's an album of covers, and uh, it's pretty bloody good. I've got to say, covers albums usually suck. They do. But this one's not too bad at all because Udo has decided... Okay, first and foremost, he surrounded himself with excellent musicians, but then he's picked some pretty cool songs. And one of those songs that I think he's actually improved from the original belongs to Billy Squire. It's a number called The Stroke. It was a huge song here in Australia. I remember it very well from my childhood. I don't know whether it's got the makings of a classic song, but what Udo has done here certainly deserves some praise. So I'll play that tune. If you are listening via the podcast app, you're going to hear that one. If you're watching or listening... Either way, via YouTube, we'll cut to the chat right now. Let's go.
Keep it all in place Work your way Right into my face First you try to back me You make my backbone slide When you find you've left me I bet. How have they been going? Have, uh, have people been focusing on the right thing, in other words, this new album, or have people been wanting to talk about all of the, you know, the non-related stuff, so to speak? Yeah, no problem. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's a pleasure to finally talk to you. I first became aware of you way back in the nineties, reading the pages of remember the magazine Metal Maniacs, the American magazine. Uh-huh. Yeah, American, yeah. Yeah, they rated you very highly and uh, I was very impressionable back in those days. So I liked a lot of the staff writers then and uh, I remember diving into some okay. accept, you know, accept stuff and uh, enjoying what I was hearing and uh, noticing the bit of the parallels between what you guys were doing in Germany and our own ACDC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, long career. <laughs> Very long career, which which leads us up to this moment in time because in so many ways you have done it your way. <laughs> so my way. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's why the album called My Way. I did, I did, I did everything in my way, you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think it, it's good, you know, if you have a direction in your mind, I mean, uh, then uh, do it and believe in, in, in this, you know, and then I think it. Yeah, it works. It works, you know. I mean, I'm so long now in this business. That means I had the right direction for myself. Hmm. So 
my way is obviously the re- or is it? I should say. I'll ask the question: Is it a reference to Frank, the great Frank Sinatra? Uh, yeah, I mean the song. We have a song, uh, "My Way," on this album. For sure. Okay. Yep. The song of Frank Sinatra did the cover version uh, uh, with this with this song, and uh, yeah, and then I mean the song was already existing with my vocals. You know, we had this, mm. we had this on the Just Not Alive uh, records and the live DVD. And uh, when when we were searching for the name, the title of this album, then we then yeah, people around me they said, "Why well, you not call it my way? You know, you did everything on your way, like yeah. you want want to do it." And and then obviously said, "Yeah, it's a good title." But then we said, "Okay, then we put this song also again on a on a record. We did just a, a little remix on the on the on the uh, on this album." on the song and now here we go it's uh, on the cover album mm. yeah I've, I've listened to the album a couple of times i love the sound that you've crafted you've always been a master at finding the right musicians to surround you with to in order to deliver the sound that you want to achieve i believe mm-hmm. so the the question that is the, the, the most obvious question I think is how did you choose the song? So you've already answered why my way is on there and that's uh, so we covered that, but you've, you've covered everything from pop to rock to soul and funk like Tina Turner. Um, wh- how did you choose the songs that you wanted on an album as important as this one? Let's say, let's say it, it was in a way quite easy, you know, I mean, uh, all these songs on this album, uh, are songs I was listening to as a person, not as a musician, you know, not really like as a person, Udo. Mm. And in the end of 60s, 70s, beginning of the 80s, you know, and that was my favorite song I was listening to. And it doesn't, the songs are not influenced me, you know, by to make it sound like this or whatever. It's just like songs that are really personal. And that's, that, that's why it was for me very easy to, 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 to choose the songs. Hmm. One that I wasn't expecting to see on there. Most of them, you know, if you're a casual fan or what have you, you go, okay, that you know, the Modehead song makes sense. Rainbow, the sweet. Then you've got the uh, tune by Billy Squire. Okay, the Stroke, and you actually improve that song. To be quite frank with you, I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty good song, but it's a bit middling in parts. You've given it some rock and roll energy that it didn't quite have before. So why did you pick that particular number? Yeah, I mean, there was also a song I really liked, you know, when I heard the song for the first time. And that was also a song I would love to do, you know. It's like the, the whole groove and all of that. And also, um, when we started working on, on, on this album, I mean, the very, very important thing for me was that I could put my own stamp on there, my own character on there, you know. Mm-hmm. And of course, we was uh, making different arrangements, make the songs a little bit more straight, straightforward, more heavy, you know. And uh, yeah, yeah uh, that, that it fits together with my, with my voice, you know. And I think the result, I'm really happy, you know, that really... We had good people around. Around, I had good people around me. They they knew how my my range of the voice is. You know, blah blah blah. So, yeah. And in in the end, it worked. You know, for example, uh, painted black of Rolling Stones. Yep. In a way, a completely different arrangement, but it's still painted black. But it fits together now with my voice. You know, so that uh, things I really like. I like that you didn't play a straight bat. 
so to speak. I like that you you turned it into Udo songs, okay, because it, there are plenty of yeah. bands do covers that are a bit too faithful to the original and you can listen to them a couple of times till you go, wow, that was interesting, but they don't stay with you. What I feel you've been able to do here is craft an album that will stay with you long after the release cycle because, you know, albums are come and go these days, but the strength of this album here is that there's enough variety on here within the compositions of the songs that you've chosen that it's going to, it's going to, long-time fans, people like myself that have been around for a while, we're going to keep coming back to this album. Yeah, I mean, I think also for me, you know, it's an interesting album, you know. There are so many different stuff on this album, also, also uh, vocal-wise, you know. Mm. It was really interesting for me, uh, to work on all these songs. Uh, and uh, for example, <laughs> it's a little bit funny, uh, I have a German song on, on, on this yeah. album, you know, singing in my mother language. And, um, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, okay, this will be very easy, you know, to do. <laughs> Wrong. That was the most complicated uh, uh, vocal session, you know. <laughs> it's a uh, German language is a really hard language, you know, and the words are completely different uh, to sing than instead of English, you know, and to get the sense right and all the stuff that was really the most difficult uh, thing, you know, to sing in my own language. But mm. um, in the end, it works. And uh, I always say learning by doing, you know, so here we go. Learning by doing, you're right on that point there. Yeah, learning by doing, beginning with the end in mind. And uh, look, on, on that point, did you do, you've been doing this longer than almost anybody out there, certainly in heavy metal and rock. Okay, you've been yeah. consistent, you've been, you've had a 50 plus year career in the spotlight. But More, did, you, yeah. did, did you discover anything about your voice that you didn't know you, you were capable of when you were recording these songs? I mean, yeah, my, my voice, I don't know. This is also a miracle, my voice, you know. I mean, I never had any problems with my with my voice. I never was cancelled a show about that, that my voice was not working. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, uh, yeah, a gift, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can still, still, I can sing like in the 80s, you know, like yeah. really high, with high notes and all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's like uh, Stephen Kaufman, my old band member of Accepting UDO, he's, he, he's still doing my vocals. He's always recording my vocals, you know, okay. and he knows exactly my range. And he said to me, this is a miracle, this, 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 this uh, uh, voice, you know. It always works. And it's, it's amazing that you can sing like this, you know. And, and now my range getting also wider, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I couldn't sing really uh, this low range stuff, you know, but now, I don't know, I have getting, it, instead of get, getting losing my voice, it's getting better. And this is crazy. Believe me, this is completely crazy. And um, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, th thank God too that he's given you that voice because it's a joy to listen to, consistently listen to. And uh, yeah, you, you, I, I understand what you're saying. You've added a baritone timber to your voice uh, mm -hmm. in, in the last few years or thereabouts. So, but um, look, look, something else about the album. Uh, were there any other songs that you considered and even recorded but didn't make the album? Uh, we make uh, we made two more songs. Uh, there was one song of the Beatles called "I'm Down." Mm -hmm. And also, don't let me be misunderstood of uh, Animal. Of oh, the wow. Yeah, fantastic tune. 
great. I, I had Love them on my computer. Yeah, oh, I, I had them on my computer, but we didn't get the rights publishing. We didn't uh, get the rights, so we that was like we, we would love to have the songs on also on the on the album. It's great versions. I mean. I don't know, but can you do nothing? You know, I mean, they said no, we don't want to do it. And we don't want to give you the rights. Yeah, it's a shame, but um, I don't know. Can you play them live though? Does that do those do those rights extend live, to live performance? Yeah. Live, live, you can do that, you know, but you cannot put it on a record. Mm. Oh well, you know what people will do? They'll just hold up their iPhones or Android phones, and they'll just take a video of you performing <laughs> it, and it'll be out there anyway. But aren't those laws? Aren't those those? It's all silly, isn't it? Because to to that point, you can rec- you can play anything you want, and a member of the public can post it on YouTube, and it doesn't breach any copyright. Because you yeah, know why it so, doesn't? Because it's so common; it's it's out there everywhere. Yeah, I mean, in a way, it's stupid, you know. I mean, we 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 found out uh, with the Beatles song, Joko uh, Ono is still mm. control everything, you know, and she yeah. said no. And uh, with uh, Don't Let Me Be Misunderstood, that was, I think, Warner, Warner in America, they have yeah. uh, the, the rights, you know. And no way, I don't, yeah, no way, on my way. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, I don't know, sometimes, you know, I don't understand this, but what can you do? Nothing. Isn't Yoko Ono just a consistent decades-long pain in the goddamn ass? You know, I mean, she's been, I mean, what function has she played over the years except for that yelling, that weird yelling that she does? And now we hear from the directly from the source that she's stopped you from from being able to record a tune that would, would help people, to be frank, meaning that it would enrich people listening to your version of the tune. And, I mean, there's no reason. It's just yeah. fire. Look what she does to Julian, mate, Julian Lennon. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'm not so really involved in that, but, you know, I only can say for what for what reason, you know. There, there is no problem. It's not like versions, they're completely out of out of the world or whatever, you know. It's really like, okay, the, the bigger song is a little bit more also in the UDO direction, you know, yeah. Udo style. And don't let me be misunderstood. Was, yeah, a little bit more heavy, but very nearly close to the original one, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but can you do nothing? Nothing, yeah. I mentioned up top that you've always had a gift of surrounding yourself with outstanding musicians. I'll talk about Bill Hudson a bit later. I've had a number of chats to him. But, uh, mate, the musicianship, again, is top quality on this album. It all sounds so beautifully put together. It's heavy. It's crunchy. The musicians are working to enhance your performance. So who did you pick to play with you this time around? Yeah, I mean, uh, the musicians are, let's say, uh, I call the album like a family album in a way. Uh, it's like my son was doing all the drums. It was also interesting for him, you know, there was some songs he, he was not born, he, he didn't know the songs. You know, he was like, <laughs> hey, okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I'm really happy that Peter Baltus was playing the bass guitar on all the songs, you know, mm-hmm. my old band yeah. of Except. And uh, Stefan Kaufmann did the guitars on Man on the Silver Mountain and on uh, Hellraiser, the suite. Mm-hmm. My old uh, guitar player of the first uh, band of UDO, Matthias Dietz, he did uh, the guitars on uh, Sympathy of Uriah Heep. 
And then my my now current uh, guitar players, they were doing some solo stuff on this album. They were sharing the, the solos uh, on this album. And then also this guy who was very much involved in arranging as a German guy, uh, Peter Kops. He was, uh, uh, or he is a, a really good friend with Brian May. Okay. And yep. uh, yeah, he did also a lot of, uh, he did a lot of arranging stuff. He was playing also some, some solos on his album. And then he was sending, we will you for example, also, sorry. Um, he was sending the the, 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 the the version of We Will Rock You, what we did to Brian May. And Brian mm-hmm. May said, thank God, a different version, the fast version in yes. a different way. And what he said, yeah. yeah, and then he said, say hello to Udo, well done, great mate, mate, you know. That was for me like, okay, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, Brian May is not like, it's a different, um, yeah, the different uh, thing, you know. And, uh, yeah, that was really uh, interesting for me to hear that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with this album. It turns out like I thought, uh, and definitely it's like, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, I think what I said, I think before, it's like that I can put my character on there, you know, my mic stem, the whole thing. A lot of, also a very funny thing is like a lot of journalists now with all the interviews, hmm. they say, if this, if uh, this songs, songs are not done already, that will be the new UDO album, you know? And then it's also like, uh, okay. Mm. Okay, <laughs> there you go. go. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, but that's, uh, I've heard some some versions of them, but I think you're, you're, you've put your stamp on them, which is really important, like I've, I've mentioned already. Like, to your point, Painted Black is, it's sort of, you can definitely hear it's Painted Black. I love the Stones, got the album, you yeah. know, got the vinyl yeah. and stuff like that, but you've done your own thing on it and that breathes new life into an old song. And that I think it's the, that's why I think I'm happy with this album, you know, that I can make it a little bit different than to the original ones. I think something else that probably helps is that you've got a supportive network insofar as the label. You're with Atomic Fire, Marcus. Oh is, yeah, yeah. I mean, can you tell me about your relationship with Marcus? Yeah, I mean, I know Marcus poof, for a long, long time, you know, and uh, so I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I was together with AFM for about 16 years, something like that. And then, yeah, we had to make a new contract. And uh, then Marcus came up, you know, uh, and said, hey, can you imagine to change your record company? And I said, never say never. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I know all these people now on Atomic Fire, they are in a way, the, the the metal the metal guys of Nuclear Blast, you know, mm. I know exactly who is working there. Yep. And then, yeah, and then we start talking, 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 talking. I said, normal, if you want to change, do something new. And they make a quite good offer. I mean, they gave me an offer for, uh, for this cover album and also, you know, for three studio albums. Mm-hmm. And I mean... I'm 70 years old to get a new contract with three studio albums. That means, I don't know, and then I'm 76, 77 or whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that's, uh, it's an honor also for me. And then we said, okay, yes, let's do it, you know. Okay, AFM was not so happy, but um, sometimes, you know, it's good to have fresh blood. 
And here we go. AFM, we're good to you. Atomic Fire will be good for you. It all works out in the end for you. I think yes. I think yes. I mentioned Bill Hudson. Uh, I love your work with him, by the way. Uh, What was it like working with him? Let's say he's a brilliant guitar player, very good one. Uh, I think in the end, um, sometimes, you know, it's happened that he was not... uh, uh, um, Personal-wise, he was not the right guy for us, you know, in yep. the whole in the whole in the whole thing, and that was too too different. He's a great, nice guy, a really good guitar player, and uh, but personally-wise, that sometimes you know doesn't fit, and that was the reason we said, okay, it doesn't work. That happens. It happens to the best of us, uh, clearly, you know. And, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Hopefully, he finds the right thing to do. You know, I know he's doing sometimes some stuff for Doro, yep. and he's doing his also his own project, North North Tales. I yep. think that's the name. Yeah, he's doing he's doing uh, good stuff. You know, and I wish him all the best. Hopefully, he finds his own direction. You know, mm, he's not short of a gig, and you're not short of suitors for the guitar role in your band. You know, it all works out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do, you never know. I mean, I was always not really lucky with the second guitar player, you know. <laughs> always um, there was some problem. Hmm. But I think now with this new guitar player, what I have, uh, he's really young, 29 years old, and um, he's really good. And he fits perfectly together with Andre. I mean, with Andre and I'm together 10 years. He's 10 years in the band. And uh, I see that, you know, they're working really together. They, yeah, as a person, that it worked. I'm also, as a person, I have a good relationship with him. My son has a good relationship. And also the bass player now, the new bass player that we have, um, he also fits perfectly in the band. I think at the moment, I'm really happy with the lineup what I have. Hmm. And as it sounds like it, you know, based on the quality of the album there too. So that's awesome. Now I'll broaden things a bit. Uh, what, which aspect of your career are you most satisfied with? Oh, uh, <laughs> that's hard to say. Of course, I mean, uh, what what uh, what we did with with Accept, you know, definitely. I mean, that was definitely one of the highlights of the career. But I still, you know, I had also really good uh, highlights also now with UDO. I mean, successful. Uh, yeah, but I mean, of course, uh, the 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 highlight takes out with the except, you know, in the 80s mm. when we became famous worldwide, you know, and then, yeah. I mean, but that's history. Now looking forward to getting more highlights. Absolutely. Plenty more things to look forward to. Would you change anything if you had the chance, you know, hypothetically speaking, would you change anything about your career? Again, I didn't get it. Would you change anything about the past? Are there any things that you would you would look to change no. if you were given the chance? No. A lot of people, they ask me, you know, if you have the chance to do everything again, you will do this, do it in the same way. Then I said, yes, you know, there were, of course, there were some mistakes, there were some bad times. Um, but I think uh, you're learning, you're learning out of mistakes, you know, and also bad, bad things, what is what happened in the business or whatever. And I, I would say, yes, I will do the same thing again. 
You're one of the rare bands where people aren't clamouring for a reunion of the original singer with the band, so you and Wolf teaming up again, which is interesting because, to your point, people love what you do as you do and they don't feel mm. as though, and they also, to be honest, they love what Accepted doing as well too. But um, have you had much contact with Wolf in over the years, recently in particular? Never. And yeah. I don't want and I don't want to have any contact with him. It's a different story, you know, but yeah. uh, I'm really good friends now again with uh still with Peter Baltus. Yeah. He did all the bass guitars on, on, on this cover album, for example. Um I still have good relationship with uh, uh, uh with Stefan Kaufmann. I mean, all over the years, he was the guitar player in UDO, you know, he was producing with UDO and stuff like that. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, the only guy I don't want to talk to, let's say in this way, is Wolf. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but uh, yeah, this is, uh, <laughs> okay. I wish yeah. him all the best, great guitar player anyway. I mean, you know, but... Uh, for me to work with him again, never. There's, there's been, uh, there was a story, it came out a couple of years ago, but Jeff Tate bumped into uh, Todd Latore, who replaced him in Queenshright uh, mm-hmm. backstage, and they got along famously, or well, not famously, I shouldn't say that, but apparently they got along. Todd Latore's on record as saying that they, they uh, you know, they had a very positive and, you know, congenial interaction, if you like. Have you bumped into Mark, Mark Tornillo backstage or anything like that? Have you guys ever crossed paths? <laughs> I was, um, there was this, uh, a festival, Masters of Rock, happened in the Czech Republic. Hmm. And uh, I was a guest singer of Lordi. I mean, I did the, a song together with, with Lordi. And Lordi was headlining, and uh, except for the, 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 the yeah, the not special guests on the mm-hmm. festival, you know, not the headliner. So in, in, in the hotel, we're waiting both for uh, yeah, a driver, and he never said to me hello or something like that. And I mean, I, okay, I mean, what can I do, you know? I mean, it's like for me, why not saying hello? I mean, I'm also a really good friend with the... Uh, um, David David uh, Reeds, you know, mm-hmm. who did eat the heat. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are really really good friends, you know. We talk sometimes time on the phone and blah blah blah. I don't know. I mean, what I heard from Peter is that it was not allowed that he talked to me. Yeah. Don't don't ask me. You know, I mean, this is uh, forget it. <laughs> he's a good singer, you know. He's doing a good job now with except and. Uh, I wish you good luck and, uh, yeah, maybe one day, you never know. I've said this a few times to people in your position, uh, but the guy who replaces you is actually doing a great job at keeping the songs alive you wrote, and that's that's yeah. what people clearly want, you know. Yeah, so. It is what it is, yeah. The dominoes. It is what it is, yeah. <laughs> Australia. Have, have you, I, I didn't check, but have you, you, you might have been down here as a tourist or have you, but I haven't checked if you've been down here performing. Ah, we, we tried to come, yeah, many times to, to Australia and there was always like, you know, it doesn't work money-wise and this was happened and this and this and this. And um, I mean, it's my dream to do some shows in Australia, you know. I mean, it doesn't matter, small clubs, whatever. 
maybe uh, also in a hotel, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's really a dream for me to come to Australia. But maybe now with atomic fire, a lot of things are changing, I, I can see that. So now after a long time, we go next year uh, to Japan. Mm. If we do Japan, I really, really, really want to fight for this, that we are going after Japan uh, to Australia, do some shows down there. I mean, that is really something what I'm missing. I was playing in Manila, I was playing in Bangkok, I mean, I was playing nearly everywhere, you know, but Australia is missing. Same thing that happened. Was- yeah, true. Oh, it, we'd love to see you down here. There's no doubt. There's clearly an appetite amongst fans. There's a lot of fans of yours in particular that want to see you down here. You know, we've seen, uh, I think, Accept have played here a few times, if I'm not mistaken. I, I certainly haven't seen yeah. it. But, um, but I, I was talking to um, Klaus. I think it was, was I talking to Klaus or was I talking to uh, Rudy in uh, Scorpions? And they were saying that they had the similar issue. And when they played Bali in Indonesia, it was full of Australians that had travelled over there to see the band play. The same thing would happen mm-hmm. to you if you played in Jakarta or Bali or something. I think it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I don't know. It's just again I, 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 an artist of your stature within rock and heavy metal. It's almost criminal that you haven't been made a credible offer to come here. Yeah, so we do our best. I will really fight for this, and uh, yeah, hopefully one day we are, we make it to Australia. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Well, uh, I think that's my time up, mate. It's uh, it's, yes. a, it's a pleasure to finally talk to you. Um, okay. You know, congratulations on an epic career, and long may you continue to reign as one of the greatest heavy metal frontmen of all time. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. No worries. Bye. Catch up. Bye. Well, that was him, ladies and gents. Udo Dirk Schneider, the German legend, one of the all-time great heavy metal frontmen and voices. If you enjoyed that chat, there are plenty more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. My book is out right now. Thank you so much for the support that I've received from people who have purchased both, in some cases, the physical copy and the digital edition. That that moves me a little bit, I must say. So that's it for another installment of Scars and Guitars. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and until next time, it is a very good bye for now. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the the fans and the staying power of the... 
of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for, for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.